Oftentimes there's people in the nutrition community who say that energy balance is way too of a simplistic view of our physiology, of fat loss, right? And the issue is that this message really misses the point. It's not that energy balance is overly simplistic and it doesn't take into account other variables. That's not true at all. Energy balance is simply the overarching principle. Everything else, like your food choices, your hormones, for example, nutrient timing, those things matter, but they actually influence energy balance. They're not something separate from energy balance. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Dr. Joey Munoz Show. I hope you guys are all having a fantastic and wonderful day, and I really appreciate you guys taking time to tune in to today's episode. Uh, today's episode is going to be an absolute banger. We're going to be talking about nutrition for fat loss, but in particular, the nutritional hierarchy for fat loss. So we're going to be talking about a ton of different variables that are important for fat loss, but we're going to be talking about them in terms of degree of importance, right? What are some of the most important things you should focus on? And then what are other additional variables that are still important, but perhaps not as important? This episode is going to be very nuanced and it's going to give a very nuanced perspective to different variables like energy intake, food choices, nutrient timing, and all of that stuff. So if you've ever been confused about nutrition for fat loss and thought about it as like calories in versus calories out, or food choices, or nutrient timing, this episode should help put everything together for you and understand how all of these variables are actually very much related and they influence each other and they're not necessarily mutually exclusive where they like exist in a vacuum and don't interact whatsoever. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. Of course, we need to start this episode by talking about energy balance. If you guys are frequent listeners, you've probably heard me talk about energy balance a number of times already, but it's because it's the overarching principle that really influences whether you gain or lose weight, right? So energy balance is really the idea of calories in versus calories out. And this is the, th if we think of the nutritional hierarchy as a pyramid where the most important variables are at the bottom, energy balance is the bottom most layer. It's the most important variable, right? Everything else that influences fat loss does so because it influences energy balance, okay? So how many calories you consume versus how many calories you expend. And oftentimes there's people in like the nutrition community and doctors or whatever who say that energy balance is way too of a simplistic view of our physiology, of fat loss, right? It can't be as simple as calories in, calories out. It's way too simplistic. There's a ton of other variables that are more important. And the issue is that this message really misses the point. It's not that energy balance, calories in, calories out, is overly simplistic and it doesn't take into account other variables. That's not true at all. Energy balance is simply the overarching principle. Everything else, like your food choices, your hormones, for example, nutrient timing, when you eat throughout the day, those things matter, but they actually influence energy balance. They're not something separate from energy balance. So calories in, calories out on paper sounds like it's quote unquote something very simple, but it's actually something very complex because there's a ton of variables that influence both sides of the equations. There's a ton of variables that influence your energy intake, 
right? Your environment, your food choices, your emotions, your culture, your experiences as a child, all of these different variables influence your energy intake, right? And they are important, but they are not important outside or independent of the overarching principle, which is energy balance. And then similarly, there's a ton of different variables that influence our energy expenditure, your body composition, the type of exercise you do, how much you move throughout the day, your genetics, etc. There's There's a ton of different stuff that influences energy expenditure. So to say that energy balance is an overly simplistic view of weight loss, weight gain, etc., it's simply not true. It's not simple at all because there's a ton of variables that influence both sides of the equation there, right? And what we're going to be mainly focusing on today is that energy intake component because we're going to be mainly talking about nutrition and the nutritional hierarchy for fat loss, right? So the bottom of this hierarchy, the most important variable, which we've just discussed, is energy balance, okay? So obviously calories in, calories out is the most important thing. Now, let's start discussing what are some of the main variables that will influence the calories inside of the equation, right? So how many calories we consume? What is that influenced by? Well, I think the next logical step is to discuss food choices. So what types of foods are you consuming? And mainly, these foods influence how many calories you consume because they influence your hunger and your satiety regulation, right? If there are foods that you consume that help you feel really, really full with less food, you're likely going to eat less calories naturally because you're not feeling really hungry. On the other hand, if you're eating foods that are absolutely delicious and they're very hyper palatable, which means that they taste amazing, right? If you're eating those kinds of foods, you're way more likely to overconsume calories. So your food choices do matter, but they matter because they influence your energy intake. So what are some of the foods that we should be focusing on eating more? And by the way, guys, I did an entire episode on hunger and satiety regulation on this podcast. So make sure to go check that out. I'm just gonna give a quick overview here of what those variables are and you can go check out that episode and it's like 30 minutes of me talking about hunger and satiety regulation and how to set yourself up for success, right? But the first things you should be focusing on is certainly eating more protein and fiber in particular. Protein and fiber are the two most satiating nutrients. In other words, on a per calorie basis, they help you stay full for longer, okay? So some of my favorite high protein, high fiber foods, if we start with protein, um, any sort of lean protein source like lean ground beef, sirloin steak, chicken breast, fish, uh, shellfish, whatever it is, lean protein sources are going to be amazing in terms of hunger and satiety regulation. You then have Greek yogurt, mozzarella cheese, any low fat cheese is going to be really good. Protein powder, all of these foods are going to be pretty high sources of protein. And on the satiety index, in terms of how full they help you feel, they're going to be pretty good choices. For fiber, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, right? Legumes, people don't understand how high in protein legumes are, like beans, right? Lentils, chickpeas, those kinds of foods are really high in fiber. And a combination of high protein and high fiber is really setting yourself up for success when it comes to hunger and satiety regulation. So it's likely going to result in you lowering your caloric intake. Now, aside from protein and fiber, it's really important to try to consume as many whole foods as possible in your diet, right? And this comes to the idea of like whole foods versus processed foods. I'm not against processed foods at all. Uh, If you guys have been following me for a while, you know that I 
have processed foods pretty much on a daily basis, but you want the bulk of your diet, the majority of your diet to come from whole foods. Why? Because again, whole foods are just more satiating and less palatable than ultra processed foods, right? And whole foods being things that have been minimally processed, like meat, dairy, eggs, those kinds of foods, right? Fruits, vegetables. If I put a plate of spinach in front of you, and this is a horrible example because nobody just eats a plate of like plain spinach, but it just paints the picture well, right? If I put a plate of spinach in front of you and you're hungry, you'll probably eat some of it, but it's very easy to stop eating that, right? Whereas if I put a plate full of potato chips, maybe Cheetos or maybe Cheez-Its or ice cream, these foods are what we call hyper palatable. In other words, they're like super tasty, right? Even if you're full, it's really hard to stop eating those foods, right? So we have energy balance and then one step further is food choices. Focusing on mainly protein and fiber and whole foods is really gonna set you up for success when it comes to regulating your hunger and satiety and ideally minimizing the amount of highly processed or even ultra processed foods that you consume is gonna be very, very useful to help you lose weight because again, you're influencing your caloric intake by developing some of these behaviors. Now, if we go one step further, we have nutrient timing related behaviors, right? So we started with energy balance, then we talk about specific food choices. Now we're gonna talk a little bit about nutrient timing because nutrient timing can influence your food choices and it can also influence energy balance by influencing how many calories you consume, okay? So we're just going up the hierarchy of importance here. So when it comes to nutrient timing, it can be important. It can definitely play a role in terms of your success with weight loss. It can play a role in terms of making weight loss feel easier. Are you tired of spending countless hours grocery shopping, cooking, and preparing your meals? I get it. Time is precious, and that's where Icon Meals comes into play. I've partnered with Icon Meals to bring you delicious, macro-friendly, and high-protein meals that will make it easier than ever for you to achieve your fitness goals. I understand that you may have hesitations over the cost of a meal prep service compared to cooking food at home. But let's face it, how often do you spend more money eating out because you didn't have time to prepare your food at home anyways? With Icon Meals, you not only save time, but you invest in your health. These meals are carefully crafted to be healthier and more in line with your fitness goals than most of the food that you eat out anyways. So why wait? Visit iconmeals.com and explore their wide array of mouth-watering meals. And as a special bonus for listening to this podcast, use code JOSEPH10 at checkout for a special discount off of your order. By the way, you can find all of the necessary links in the description of this podcast. Don't let time be a barrier to your success. Choose Icon Meals and fuel your journey towards a healthier, fitter you. Okay, so what are some of these nutrient timing related behaviors? I think the most important thing to develop in terms of nutrient timing is having a consistent meal schedule, okay? And essentially it comes down to meal regularity. And there's two variables there. Consistent meal timing, right? Which means that you have your whether it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's four meals, whether it's two meals, however many meals you have throughout your day, having that at consistent times and having a consistent number of meals every day, okay? That's really important. And second to that is consistent meal size. So let's say you have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Your breakfasts should usually be this similar size. Your lunches should be a similar size. So if you normally have like 500 calories for breakfast, making sure that 
all of your breakfasts are of a similar caloric content, right? Making sure your lunches are similar size in terms of calories. It's better to have more regularity than less regularity, right? Less regularity would mean that today I had a 700 calorie breakfast. Tomorrow I had a small snack that was only 200 calories for breakfast. The day after I skipped breakfast, that's very irregular. The research does show that people who have greater degrees of regularity with both meal timing and meal size have better weight loss outcomes and they have better weight loss management, right? And I think the reasons for this are pretty obvious. One, if you eat at similar times every day and your meals are a similar size, then it regulates your hunger nicely throughout the day, right? You're going to feel hungry at similar times every day rather than feeling hungry at seemingly random times throughout the day on any given day, right? It essentially regulates your hunger and satiety signals, which makes it easier for you to prepare ahead of time as well, right? If you're having breakfast, lunch, and dinner at similar times every day, you can prepare ahead of time, and it essentially makes it a lot easier for you to actually adhere to your dietary plan. If you have an irregular meal schedule where you eat at random times every day, you're probably not preparing ahead of time, which means that you're not prioritizing your nutrition as much as you should, which means that it's probably gonna be a lot harder for you to stick to your nutritional plan and you're gonna be feeling hungry uh, at random times throughout the day and it's just gonna make things way harder, right? So meal regularity is incredibly important. The number of meals you have per day or the times that you eat doesn't really matter all that much as long as you're regular with it, right? Moving to the next step is going to be consuming breakfast, right? So. We're still talking about meal timing here. I just said that when you eat throughout the day, it doesn't matter as much, but I do think it's incredibly important for people to start off their day eating a nice, well-balanced breakfast. And ideally, your breakfast should be the largest meal of your day. Ideally, okay, this is gonna be for most people, and I know people like fasting, and they like doing all of these random things, and for some people it does work, but for the vast majority of people, you should eat a well-balanced breakfast, ideally within an hour, an hour and a half of waking up. Why? Because, well, twofold. One is when you have a large meal, it keeps you full for a certain amount of time after that, right? Let's say four or five hours. If you have your largest meal of the day in the morning, you're setting yourself up for success throughout the rest of the day because you're probably going to feel pretty full and satiated well into the afternoon, right? Now, most people have their largest meal at the end of the day for dinner, right? And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but what happens is that satiating effect that you get for four or five hours after your dinner doesn't really matter because you're going to sleep, right? You're going to sleep soon after having dinner, probably an hour or two after having dinner, you're going to sleep. And then you're not getting that satiating effect because you're asleep. So it's like, who cares if you had a very large meal or not? Whereas if you have that very large meal first thing in the, in the morning, then you can really regulate your hunger throughout the rest of the day very nicely. And now you can start to stack some of these things together too, right? Like eating breakfast, and then making sure that you have a lot of protein and fiber in your breakfast. Now you start to see how these behaviors can stack together, right? If you have a well-balanced breakfast, that's pretty high in protein and fiber. You're getting the benefits of nutrient timing. You're getting the satiating benefits of having protein and fiber at your first meal in the day. And you're just really setting yourself up for success throughout the remainder of the day, making dietary adherence a lot easier, regulating your hunger and satiety, and just improving your chances of successfully losing body fat, essentially, right? Now, aside from consuming breakfast, there are two other variables here that you might want to consider when it comes to nutrient timing. And that is, and this is similar to breakfast, it's consuming the majority of your food in the first half of your day, 
right? So if you have your breakfast at, I don't know, 8 a.m. and you usually have your dinner at like 8 p.m., that's like a 12-hour eating window, right? The research does clearly show that people that eat more than half of their daily calories earlier in the day, right, in the first half of the day, so that would be like 8 to like, what, 2 p.m.? If you get the majority of your calories earlier in the day, you're more likely to successfully lose weight. And actually, I forgot to touch on another important variable with the breakfast thing, and it goes hand in hand with this variable. It's the fact that if you eat more food earlier in the day, you probably feel more energized throughout the day. You probably inherently move more throughout the day, which can increase your energy expenditure, right? Remember, energy balance is not just about how many calories you consume, but it's also about how many calories your body burns. And some of these behaviors are actually, uh, you know, multifaceted. They influence your energy intake, but they can also influence your energy expenditure. If you're eating well-balanced breakfast, if you're eating more food earlier in the day, you're more likely to move more throughout the day, which will increase your energy expenditure. So you have a double whammy there in terms of benefits for fat loss, right? And then the last nutrient timing behavior that you probably want to focus on is limiting food consumption before bed. And again, it's not that eating before bed makes you gain weight, right? As I mentioned before, these variables aren't important on their own outside of the context of energy balance. But it's the fact that eating a ton of food before bed or eating food before bed, you're probably not making the best food choices, right? You're probably not having, I don't know, a salad with some chicken breast right before going to bed. That's probably not what you eat before bed, right? You're likely snacking on stuff like chocolate or cereal or just foods that are very calorically dense, ultra processed foods that don't necessarily help you get any closer to your goals, right? So I do think one very important nutrient timing behavior to focus on is to reduce the amount of food that you consume before going to bed, right? I know it's harder. It's easier said than done, um, right? Most of us know that we probably shouldn't be snacking before bed. But, you know, talking just here about behaviors that you should focus on developing, that's definitely one of them. So eating breakfast, having a well-structured meal schedule, eating the majority of your food earlier in the day, and then limiting how much you're snacking before bed. Those are the main nutrient timing behaviors that you should probably focus on to make your fat loss journey feel a lot easier. Okay, so we've talked about energy balance, food choices, nutrient timing. Next up is your environment, right? And you might be thinking, how the hell does my environment uh, influence my fat loss and it plays a huge role. It's actually a very important variable because often our behaviors are influenced by those around us, right? And by the behaviors of the people around us. So first and foremost, it's incredibly important to have supportive friends and family, right? Like for example, if you're trying not to eat before bed and yet your spouse or your friends are over your house and they're peer pressuring you into eating whatever, right? Late night snacks and you're trying not to do that or your friends and family are not supportive of your weight loss goals. It's gonna be a lot harder to actually develop these behaviors, right? So again, your environment doesn't influence your ability to lose fat outside of the context of energy balance, but it influences your nutrient timing, it influences your food choices, which subsequently can influence energy balance, right? So your environment is really important. It's really important to have supportive friends and family. It's important to openly communicate with your close friends and your family and let them know what goals you have, why they're important to you, and why it's incredibly important for them to be supportive of the goals you're trying to achieve, right? 
and for them to support the behaviors you're trying to develop, right? Not to try to peer pressure you into things that you're trying not to do. Talking more about environment, your behaviors or where you go are also important, right? Because if you are somebody who goes out often to, let's say, the movies or to restaurants, right? These are exposing yourself to different environments where you might feel pressured to eat certain foods more often. And now, of course, you can go to a restaurant and have a healthy meal. You can go to the movies and opt out of having popcorn or a hot dog or soda. You can do those things. But there's no doubt you can't fool yourself and say that it it doesn't make those behaviors more difficult, right? Going to the movies and not having a hot dog and popcorn or a soda is a lot more difficult than if you didn't go to the movies and you didn't have those foods, right? So where we choose to go, the environments we choose to expose ourselves to do influence our behaviors, right? And some people do have better willpower, I'll call it, than others and are able to navigate those situations very successfully. But for some individuals, those situations make it more difficult to adhere to your dietary plan, right? And I'm not here telling you to do stuff or not to do stuff. I'm not here telling you don't go to the movies with your wife or your husband, don't have popcorn. I'm not telling you not to go out to restaurants to eat. I'm simply trying to bring to light the fact that those types of behaviors can influence your food choices and can make it more difficult for you to adhere to your overall dietary plan, right? If, for example, you have a job where you're constantly meeting new people, you have business meetings, etc., and you're going out to dinner three, four times a week, you're traveling across the country, you know, one week every month, and so you're going to restaurants, nice fancy restaurants that have delicious food, you really enjoy nice fancy food, that makes it a lot more difficult for you to stick to your overall dietary plan, right? If you go out to dinner with some business partners and everybody's having a nice ribeye steak and a Caesar salad that's drenched in dressing and some mashed potatoes and some red wine and you're the only guy there ordering like a leaner cut of meat and not having the sides and not having alcohol and just having like a salad without the dressing. Like doing that's a lot more difficult than if you like didn't partake in those behaviors, right? And again, it's not telling you not to do those things. I'm simply trying to get you to think about how your environment may or may not be sabotaging your weight loss attempts, right? So the environment you expose yourself to can certainly, without a doubt, influence your food choices, can influence nutrient timing, which then again influences energy balance, which then again influences whether or not you lose body fat. Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. Now, the cool thing here is that you could actually set your environment up for success, right? Your environment isn't just where you go, like going to dinner two or three times a week. You're at home, 
typically most people are at home a lot more than these other environments like the movie theaters or a restaurant, right? So you can actually set up your home environment for success. And again, this comes down to talking to your family and your friends and making sure they're supportive and on par with this because there are small little changes that you can make to your home environment that will make it a lot easier for you to adhere to your dietary plan, right? One of the things you can do is rearrange the way you have food in your fridge. For example, at eye level, you probably wanna have the foods that you wanna consume more of, right? When I open my fridge, the first thing I see is my vegetables, my fruits, eggs, lean protein, because we're way more likely to just grab the stuff that's right in front of us, right? Similarly, your pantry, you can rearrange the way you have food and snacks at home, right? When I go into my pantry, the stuff that I wanna eat less of is usually tucked away more, so I don't see it all the time, right? Like way in the back I have chips and, and stuff like that that I do eat, but I wanna have it with less frequency. And the things that I wanna eat more of I usually put them in the first places that I see. So you can rearrange the way you organize food in your house. So like in my kitchen, on my countertops, I always have fruit, I have bananas right there in the corner. I have foods that I want to eat more of in easily visible and easily accessible places and foods that I wanna eat less of in places that I don't see all the time, right? Because if I don't see it throughout the day, then I'm way less likely to eat those foods. Aside from that, you can meal prep. Meal prepping is setting up your environment for success, right? Because if your meal is already prepared, you're way more likely to eat the meal that you planned on eating rather than snacking on something else because you didn't have time to make a meal, right? And maybe you take time once a week to meal prep and you have a bunch of protein made, a bunch of veggies, and it just makes it a lot easier, right? So setting your environment up for success is a really easy way to um, adhere to your dietary plan. And again, environment doesn't cause weight loss or weight gain outside of energy balance, but it does influence energy balance. And one more thing I do personally in terms of environment is keeping things out of the house that I know I don't have much self-control over, right? For example, if my wife and I go to the supermarket and I buy a 24 pack of chocolate chip cookies, which I love, they're going to be gone in a couple of days. Like I rather just not have it in the house. And that's a rule that like my wife and I have, like if this isn't always because obviously sometimes we buy a 12 pack or a 24 pack of chocolate chip cookies, but we don't have it at home all the time. If we want something like that, we have to leave the house, go to the store and buy one. And we'll usually like buy one chocolate chip cookie, you know, and enjoy it. But we're not going to buy a whole 24 pack and keep it in the house because that's not helpful, right? We're just like going to cave in. And so that's pretty much essentially the way we set up our environment for success. Now, aside from environment, if we go one step up, now we can start talking about very niche things like supplements, okay? So supplements for fat loss are the last thing I would recommend somebody to focus on, right? Focus on calories first, then focus on food choices, then focus on nutrient timing, then focus on your environment, or focus on all of these things simultaneously because they all influence each other. And then maybe you think about supplements, but supplements don't really even help all that much, right? So things like caffeine, green tea extract, I think Yohimbine's another popular one. There's a ton of these like different fat loss supplements. And all of they do, all they do is either slightly, very slightly increase your energy expenditure. So they help you burn slightly more calories or they can help you slightly regulate your hunger and appetite, right? So they can suppress your hunger. But again, I say very, 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 very slightly because they have maybe like, I don't know, 
a 1% benefit relative to everything else that we've talked about in this in this episode so far. So supplements are like the last thing I would ever tell somebody to focus on when it comes to fat loss. And it's so funny because a lot of people, when they first start <laughs> trying to lose fat, the first thing they think about is like, oh, what fat loss supplement should I take? What fat loss pill should I take? And I've fallen guilty to this too. Like when I was in college and I wasn't overweight by any means, but I was trying to get a little bit leaner, have a six pack. The first thing I thought about was like, what fat burners should I take? And I didn't really know much about nutrition and all that stuff and all of this nuance that I'm sharing with you guys here today. So I thought that the fat burner was the magic pill. And it wasn't, it really doesn't have much of an effect at all. It may have more of a placebo effect than it actually does an actual effect. And that's not negating or discrediting the benefits of a placebo pill because placebo is very beneficial for some people. But nonetheless, it's just not that important. It, it just is not, like if you take a fat burner or a fat loss supplement and you don't focus on any of the other stuff that I've mentioned here so far, it's not gonna have any effect, right? So you need to focus on overall caloric intake first. Then you need to focus on your food choices because they influence your caloric intake. Then you wanna focus on nutrient timing, developing those behaviors that we talked about. Then you wanna think about your environment and setting yourself up for success, right? And then supplements, literally, the last thing you should focus on, if at all. Because if you get all of these other things in place, you really don't need the supplements at all. Like nobody really needs supplements. The only place I might say that these fat loss supplements may be a bit of importance or significance is in people who are like trying to compete in bodybuilding. They're already super, super, super lean. They're trying to get to like 6% body fat. They literally have veins popping on their abs and this fat loss pill might help them regulate their hunger a little bit better, might help them burn a couple more calories. But aside from that, supplements are really, for the most part, a waste of time and money for most people. Now, that is pretty much the hierarchy of importance when it comes to nutrition specifically, right? I might do another full episode in the future talking about the energy expenditure side of things, hierarchy of importance for energy expenditure, talking about exercise and all of that. But just to quickly touch on it, exercise is incredibly important, right? I've talked about a whole host of nutrition-related stuff here in this episode, but if you don't simultaneously work on increasing your physical activity, it's still gonna be really, really hard to lose fat, even if you develop all these things because you're very physically inactive. So if you're very physically inactive, your energy expenditure is really low, and in order to lose fat, you have to cut your calories really low because you're not burning that many calories. And it doesn't matter how much you focus on these behaviors that I mentioned and food choices and all that stuff. If your calories are really, really low, you're gonna experience hunger all of the time and it's gonna be really hard to actually lose body fat because the lower your calories are, the more difficult dietary adherence becomes, right? So the goal really is on the energy intake side of things is to develop all of these things that we've talked about here in this episode because it makes regulating your energy intake easier, but then you also have to simultaneously develop physical activity related behaviors, right? Ideally, you have a step goal. You walk a certain amount every day. Ideally, you incorporate more movement and more standing instead of sitting in your day. Ideally, you're purposefully doing resistance training at least two or three times a week at the very least, right? The more, the better. Ideally, you're doing some sort of structured cardio maybe once or twice a week. And if you develop those physical activity behaviors while also developing these nutrition-related behaviors, then you're really setting yourself up for success when it comes to fat loss, right? And these are all of the kinds of things that I really help my clients develop, right? I've taken clients who 
don't really know much about nutrition, with a very simple habits-based approach and help them develop all these small habits that I'm talking about here and see them successfully lose 40, 50, 60 pounds over the course of six months to even a year, right? It takes a long time to actually achieve a significant amount of weight loss, but a year in the grand scheme of things isn't really a long period of time, right? And when I coach clients, and this is the recommendation that I urge you to take as well, I take a very, what I would call a small habits approach, right? Where every week or every other week, we try developing a small habit. So right off the bat, I have my clients learn how to track their calories, because as we talked about, energy balance is the most important variable, right? But then on top of that, we start developing small behaviors. So week one, it might be, hey, let's just identify what a regular meal schedule is for you and what fits your overall lifestyle. How many meals do you want to have per day? Let's identify that, but let's try to keep that as regular as possible and start off your day with a nice balanced breakfast, right? After that, we might start focusing on adding a little bit more protein and fiber to their diet, right? After that, we might start focusing on how to modify their environment, how to modify their home environment to set themselves up more for success. At the same time, we might be developing a certain step goal, so movement, and slowly increasing that step goal on a weekly basis. Simultaneously, we're developing improvements in body composition through resistance training, so helping my clients build muscle by having a well-structured program that is designed for building muscle, right? Starting training three days per week and then ideally bumping that up to four or five times per week if their schedule allows. And that very small habits approach is a very sustainable way to develop these things rather than trying to do them all at once and essentially is the best way to set yourself up for long-term weight loss success and health improvement and weight loss management, right? Uh, Maintenance, I should say. Because the goal isn't just to lose weight, the goal is to maintain that weight loss. And unless you work on developing these behaviors, you're never really gonna maintain weight loss long-term. By the way, guys, I work with a number of clients on these things. The main thing I do professionally is I coach people with nutrition and training to help them lose fat, build muscle, and improve their overall health and improve their overall body composition, improve confidence, help you feel better, right? So if by any chance any of you guys are interested in working with me one-on-one for coaching, feel free to send me an email. Okay, my email is joseph at biolane.com. That's B-I-O. L-A-Y-N-E dot com. Um, And you can submit an inquiry, right? I'd love to get to know some of you guys a little bit better, discuss what your goals are and see if we're a good fit to work together. Anyways, guys, I thank you so much for listening to this entire episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please take a second to subscribe to my channel and give it a thumbs up. Give the video a thumbs up. It helps me a ton. And if you're listening to this on whatever podcasting app, I would greatly appreciate if you took a second to leave me a review okay, and rate the podcast. At the end of the day, I do these episodes for free. (laughs) They take a lot of time and effort. Obviously, it's not bothersome at all because I love doing this stuff. But the one way you could really show your appreciation for the show and help the show grow, which ultimately helps more people improve their health and lose fat and be happy and not be confused about what to do and what not to do and fall for all the shitty misinformation there is on social media is by leaving a review and rating this podcast, right? Because that helps spread the message to more people. Anyways, guys, again, I appreciate every single one of you. I hope you guys found this podcast episode valuable and I'll catch you in next week's episode. Peace.